Welcome to It's So Interesting, the captivating travel podcast that takes you on an exhilarating journey around the world. I'm Julia. And I am Mira. We are not just sisters, but also avid adventurers, storytellers, and lifelong travel enthusiasts. Together, we are here to ignite your wanderlust and transport you to the most mesmerizing corners of the globe. Imagine standing on the edge of Europe, the wind plays with your hair, and the sunset lights up the ocean waves. Picture yourself walking along bustling streets in Tokyo, enveloped in a symphony of sounds and flavors, or see yourself near the Pink Lake in Las Coloradas, Mexico, and in the evening you take a walk in the vibrant streets of Istanbul, looking for the charming place for dinner. This is what traveling is about. In each episode we will dive deep into our own exhilarating experiences, whether it's hiking through breathtaking mountain ranges, indulging in exotic cuisines, or immersing ourselves in vibrant cultures. We will share our stories, lessons learned, and unforgettable encounters, all while painting a vivid picture that will make you feel like you are right there with us. But that's not all. We are also bringing you cool information, tips and tricks to enhance your own travel experiences. From hidden gems to budget-friendly hacks, we've got you covered. We will guide you through the secrets of planning the perfect itinerary, packing like a pro, and and making the most of your time at each destination. Whether you're an experienced globetrotter or an armchair adventurer dreaming of your next getaway, It's So Interesting is a podcast for you. We want to inspire, educate, and entertain, all while sparking your curiosity for the incredible world that awaits you. So buckle up as we embark on this incredible journey together. We promise to make each episode an unforgettable escape. Welcome to It's So Interesting, the passport to awe-inspiring adventures and remarkable memories. As we see from the last episode's feedback, you're really interested in our Cuba experience. Well, that was fun and challenging. Have I already mentioned that? Challenges started the moment we left the airport. Oh, this story is truly remarkable. So before coming to Cuba, we made a research on how to get to Havana from the airport. And there were hundreds of stories that it's only possible by taxi, pre-range transfer or getting a driver. But there was another piece of information. A couple described their experience of catching a train to Havana from the nearby station, not far from the airport. And we immediately realized, great, we love this option, because we didn't have to pay much for the taxi and we could use the regular transport that gives that true local atmosphere. So we saved the pin on the offline map, because at the time it was impossible to have mobile internet on your phone in Cuba, and uh, we came to the taxi driver at the airport and showed him the point where we needed to go. He asked us what was there, and we said the train station. He took a pause and then asked again, where we were going to go from that train station. We said to Havana and he offered to drive us to Havana and we just thought he wanted to make more money and ask him to take us to that train station. I think he asked us three times whether we were sure that we wanted to go there and knew what we were doing. But we were so confident so he decided to give it in and d drive us there. Yeah, but after like 10 minutes, when we arrived at the station, we saw that there had been trees already growing through the tracks. So we asked the driver if we could take the train to Havana from there, and he said no. 
That's why he was surprised we needed to go there in the first place. So we immediately asked him to drive us to Havana and gave him the address of our Airbnb. We didn't speak Spanish, but we understood what the driver told our host when we arrived in the city and we met Felix, our host, the guy we rented an apartment from. They were giggling about us, wanting to take a train that didn't exist. So we learned the lesson here to not trust all the reviews and tips on Online. And Felix explained to us afterward that there were no other ways to get to or from the airport because the route to Havana was monopolized and there were only taxis or pre-arranged transfers or your host can actually go there and meet you. And uh, well, also there was a bus, but tourists uh, were not welcome there because drivers didn't allow people with suitcases to get on the bus. It is simply a way to make tourists uh, use a taxi service because most of the money went to the National Bank of Cuba. The specifics of how life was in Cuba back then. There are buses now, but there are like four of them a day and they run without a schedule, so would you take that risk? The taxi services in Cuba were really good though. We used the Colectivo, the taxi, to share the journey with others who travel in the same direction as you are. It still works in Cuba these days and makes it cheaper to travel to picturesque and fascinating places like Vinales and Varadero from Havana. But this wasn't our major problem. The main struggle we had in Cuba was food. And you can be surprised to hear that if you haven't been to Cuba. What is plentiful in Cuba? Rum and cigars. And what is in deficit? Food. The selection of goods was so limited, the shelves and supermarkets were shocking. We heard about it, but couldn't imagine it was that bad. On our first evening, we arrived in Havana quite late and couldn't eat anywhere nearby, so we went to the night shop and bought ramen crackers. From the bar on the other side of the road, we bought Pepsi and went home. This was our first dinner in Cuba. It's not like in Germany you come to any city and you can get a kebab next uh, door to next any hotel. Corner. It's true. Yeah, yeah, it's totally different world. And the next day we were more thorough with our approach and choices and we went to eat pizza in a cafe. It was a lovely place in the old town with tables up on the balconies with the view. But the only great food there was mojito. Those were the most alcoholic mojitos we have ever had. Because this is the thing in Cuba, rum is cheap, so they use it generously. But pizza? That was bad. I won't describe it in detail, but we barely finished it, and I think Mira's stomach started aching while she was still finishing that last piece. Let's say, luckily we had Mads with us to help our stomachs to digest that meal. We also tried the corn on the cob from a street vendor. I love corn and we wanted to support this boy making money in such a difficult to live country, but it was a regular corn they feed horses or cows, so was not delicious either. It is also important to mention that you can find relatively good food in Cuba, but for bigger prices. A meal in a high-end restaurant will cost about 40-50 euro per person, which is so much for Cuba. And at the moment we were not ready to pay that much money yet. Well, yes, because when we arrived uh, to Cuba, we exchanged money at the airport and thought that 200 euros would be enough for four days. Turned out not. We ran out of money on our second day in Cuba as we traveled to Varadero for a day and everything was spent to pay for breakfast, which was a toast with cheese and ham, the taxi, get cocktails on the beach, buy biscuits to eat as lunch 
and buy rum in the evening when we got back to Havana quite late. The most delicious food we tried was a mango smoothie we had in a hotel when we went there for Wi-Fi. It was a Berastar Park Central, quite a contrasting experience, because when we went to Cuba we wanted to have an authentic experience, staying in an apartment in a residential building to feel the local atmosphere and support locals in their attempt to make money, instead of staying in a hotel where everything is made for tourists. And we got it. Every morning we were wakened up by the roost and then by the guys selling bread to the locals, shouting Faro every morning walking down our street with a small cart. Very romantic vibe. I wouldn't change the way we explored Cuba for the first time. Well, we had several more attempts to eat local food and tried dinner in the restaurants uh, where we ate uh, fried bananas, tomato salad and potato croquettes. It was fine, nice meal to get full, but the price for it was about 35 euros, which is insane. Because going to Cuba, you expect lower prices considering their economic state and wages. So we had to stick to the biscuits, crackers and mango smoothies for the rest of our stay, if we talk about food. But mainly we ran on rum. It was cheap, easy to buy, even late in the evening in every shop. So we just got our calories from it. Nowadays it is much better. We haven't been to Cuba for over four years now. But we know from our clients that the food scene targeted towards tourists has improved substantially. But back then it wasn't that good. Everyone around us at the airport departing from Havana talked about food and what they would eat the first thing they go back home or to another country. All five days in Cuba we were dreaming about bread and a good meal. We lost several kilos each during that stay, but we loved every bit of it nevertheless. We had so much fun, the vibe there is captivating and the people are the kindest of and the most welcoming. Our host Felix and his wife Iris, one evening we were sitting in the rocking chairs on the balcony of the apartment we rented from them and there was a blackout. All central Havana was without electricity. We were so charmed by that evening. We continued staying on the balcony in those rocking chairs when in few minutes our host knocked on the door. They came and brought us flashlights, so we weren't scared. But we hadn't been scared. Ramen rocking chairs and Havana vibes made our night fabulous. If you go on our Instagram, you can find this journey in saved stories. We shared a lot of our experience there. Oh, I also loved the time without internet, because it was only available in special areas if you buy an internet card. So we went to the hotel lobby for that purpose uh, once or twice a day, and during other times we were writing down what we needed to do when online, who we need to contact, what we need to look for. The most charming was to think and try to remember. It was so weird that when we didn't have access to the internet, we immediately had to find out many things, like uh, trying to remember some song lyrics, trying to remember the author of that book, or the results of the presidential elections in 2010. That was fun! Overall, Cuba experience was amazing. I would go in a heartbeat if you ask me. I don't know what exactly was so fascinating about it. The country is poor. People live in the buildings without the roof. The minimum wage is ridiculous. The variety of products in shops is shocking and access to the internet is minimal. But everybody is smiling at you, talking to you, people dancing on the streets, children walk home and sing songs, and the drums are everywhere. I think the beat is a soundtrack to Havana. I remembered 
also for the distinct sound of percussion almost everywhere. And we recommend you visit it. The beach in Varadero is the most pristine and mesmerizing we have ever seen. And the Vinales Valley is totally another thing. I would recommend having money if you go to Cuba. Don't go on a low budget because transportation is costly. You can travel on a bus, but it's not the best option if you want to have a great experience. If you want a memorable experience, then use a bus. If you decide to go this year, you definitely have to check visa requirements. Most likely you will need a tourist card. It is a visa you can get from the airline or apply to get it from the embassy in your country. The price is about 20-25 euros, but I've also seen online that they're sold for 80 euros. So uh, do your research before getting the visa to Cuba. You have probably already heard of the dual currency system in Cuba. Basically, there is a CUC, the Cuban convertible peso, which is pegged one-to-one with the US dollar. And there is a CUP, which is the national peso. You will get around CUP 22-26 for one US dollar. The Cuban peso is not available to tourists, as when you exchange uh, currency in Cuba, you get Cuban convertible pesos. But you can see the prices in both, as locals mostly use the national Cuban peso. What else you might need to know about the currency exchange is that there is an American dollar tax. Cubans have a hard time getting rid of their US dollars because they don't have trade with the United States. To help cover those costs, uh, they've added a 10% American dollar tax. So exchanging dollars in Cuba, you will have to pay 10% more. It is best for Americans to convert their US dollars into Canadian dollars, euros or British pounds to avoid that tax before going to Cuba. Also, it is important to notify your bank that you are going to Cuba. You can't use American cards to withdraw money or pay with a debit or credit card there, so make sure you have cash. Also, print all your documents before going to Cuba. Technology is not that present there, so it's best for you to have everything on paper. Booking.com also doesn't work in Cuba, so it doesn't show the options to stay there if you want to book online. The best way to look for accommodation is either Airbnb, as you can stay in Casa Particulare, a private accommodation, rooms or apartments rented by locals for a daily fee. Or you can look for the accommodation on Couchsurfing, but it won't be free. It is important to know that the free stay in Cuba is illegal, unless you're the guest of the owner's uh, of that place. Things like couch surfing are not for Cuba. Everything is controlled and registered there. When you enter the country, the passport control officer enters your data into the file and indicates your address in Cuba, so the owners have to report that you stayed with them. We talked a lot with our host Felix about it. About everything, really. Life in Cuba, his job, law and regulations. He has a great job that allows him to go outside the country for work. This this is how he visited Belgium and the Netherlands, so he saw how the world lives outside Cuba. Felix and Iris are wonderful. Hopefully one day we will go back and see them again. Overall, Cuba is safe. There are scams, but no danger. When we arrived in Havana and asked Felix about the districts where we could go or which were better to stay away from, he asked us where we had been before, and we said that we came from Mexico City. <laughs> he laughed and said, Cuba? is perfectly safe. And we really felt it that way. 
Yeah. So if you have questions and really consider visiting Cuba, do not hesitate to reach out and we will answer all your questions. Oh, you know what else is funny? When we were leaving Havana at the airport, I was dreaming about food. And I already imagined how I would eat on a plane as we had a service on our flight. But it was a short flight to Cancun early afternoon and they considered it lunchtime. So we were offered rum, tequila and crackers. We were laughing and crying at the same time. We wanted, we expected this moment for so long and we had to eat crackers again. So when we landed in Mexico, we went to the restaurant and ate a good meal. Oh, now I have another story about Mexico. You would definitely like to hear. Okay, well, we were staying in the hotel zone in Cancun and our mom and our friend had joined us for this part of the journey in Mexico. We rented a car to explore the area and not only stay in the hotel zone. So we were driving around, saw some beautiful places and on our way back, we stopped in the supermarket to buy something for the evening. We also wanted to get Malibu rum for cocktails. But it was Sunday and the supermarkets there didn't sell alcohol on Sundays, so we left without any drinks. But when we were driving through the hotel zone, we stopped at the local shop there, and I went to check whether we could buy Malibu. There was a very friendly man working behind the counter, and after I asked about alcohol, he said it is forbidden to sell it on Sundays. I stopped for a moment and offered him a deal. Okay, I buy it now, pay with cash, and you register it in the cashier tomorrow. I felt like some mafia making an illegal deal in Mexico. I saw the doubt on his face and I repeated, all simple, I give you money now and you give me a bottle. And when it's a legal hour to sell alcohol, you register the purchase in the system. He looked at me and said, bring the bag. And from our side, we were all waiting in a car. It looked so cool. Mira is coming back, back from this shop saying, I made a deal. I need a non-transparent bag. So we gave her the bag and in a minute she returned with a bottle of rum. It was hilarious. Yeah, I just had to try it and it worked. We rented an apartment in Cancun in a hotel zone in a very cute complex with pools and bars, but we just don't like to stay in big network hotels. For some reason, it's not the experience we like. We prefer to stay in small boutique hotels or apartments to feel more local in the place. I'm talking about this because you might have a question why we didn't go to the bar on a Sunday in our complex to get cocktails. We had this thing before to analyze the city when we were checking supermarket, the main train station, and an apartment that we rented in a nice neighborhood. This was our way to shape an impression regarding the place and decide would we wanted to live there or not. We loved many cities uh, by this scale. I remember how first time I was charmed by Utrecht and loved everything about it. The fun time was when we came there for a music show and stayed for two nights as we just liked the atmosphere. Oh, I like the spontaneous travel. We haven't done it in a while. Like the time when we went from Berlin to Milan by car to meet our friend from Lithuania, but she didn't come. Her child got sick and she had to cancel the trip last minute. We found out about it already driving through Switzerland. It was 2013 and our first time in Switzerland, when we just drove across the country making stops in beautiful places and it was stunning. So we came to Milan anyway and had no idea what to do next, as we were supposed to spend several days there with our friend from Lithuania. But uh, we accidentally ended up at the Kisei show in the city center, met the band members on the main square and slept in a car in a parking lot near San Siro. 
It's a stadium in Milan. Also, we planned to leave early and go someplace else, but the show kept us longer in the city, so we didn't leave and we spent the night in the car. We already knew that Milan wasn't our favorite city. We still don't like it that much, so we decided to see what is nearby. At first, we went to Monza, the famous place for the Formula One Grand Prix, and there was some other racing competition going, a qualifying session to be precise, and a nice guard let us in. Somehow we ended up in the boxes and saw it all from the inside. That was a hell of experience. Totally didn't plan and got the school experience in Monza. And after that we went to Genoa and stayed there for several days. It is a gorgeous city. Still one of our top three cities that we love and want to come back to over and over again. Why? We don't have the answer. Genoa got us from the very first sight. We were driving into the city, descending from the mountains to the seashore at sunset, and it looked so beautiful and charming. And this was enough for us to fall in love with it. But this trip wasn't also without adventures. First, we couldn't put fuel in our car as the self-service machine at the gas station took our money and never gave it back. Neither money nor fuel. We talked about it in one of our episodes before, so you might have already heard how that story ended. But there was another thing. It was June 1st and in the morning we went to the beach. The sun was shining, but the sky was gray, so it wasn't direct sunlight. We went swimming and sunbathing when at some point we fell asleep with our faces up on the beach. Can you guess what happened next? We got sunburned, a real one. We started feeling discomfort already a few hours after we left the beach and the road back to Berlin was terrible. We did so many things to our skin for the relief. We couldn't stand the sun, we avoided sunlight because it hurt so much. The most difficult part was the traffic on the highway when we just couldn't avoid the sun. It was that moment when we realized that one hour on a beach at 10 in the morning, even on a gray sunny day was enough for our milky Nordic skins to get sunburned. When we returned to Berlin, we spent three days at home drinking carrot juice and making body masks with cucumber and oats on top of the Panthenol. But before we made damage to our skin, we also visited a tiramisu workshop in Italy. And it was fantastic. Did you know that tiramisu, a culinary masterpiece and beloved Italian dessert, translates to lift me up? I think the name or the translation perfectly describes the indulgent and energizing experience it provides. The origins of tiramisu are steeped in history and intrigue. While its exact birthplace is a subject of debate, it is widely believed that it has originated in the Veneto region of Italy, specifically in the city of Treviso. One popular story surrounding the creation of tiramisu dates back to the 1960s. It is said that the pastry chef named Roberto Linguanotto, working at the renowned Le Becquerie restaurant in Treviso, developed the dessert as a tribute to the Venetian tradition of serving caffeinated dishes to lift the spirits of weary travelers. Inspired by the traditional Zabaglione dessert, Linguanotto substituted the customary wine with coffee, thus giving birth to the modern tiramisu as we know it. Tiramisu gained popularity in the 1980s and quickly spread beyond 
beyond the borders of Italy, practically like any other Italian dessert, becoming an international sensation. Its exquisite combination of flavors, the delicate balance between sweetness and bitterness, and its velvety texture made it a hit among the dessert lovers worldwide. We love it and sometimes make it at home to lift our mood up. It's delicious. Traditionally, already in every episode we talk about food and this short tiramisu story, this tasty moment, is a time to stop talking. We hope it was fun and interesting to listen to our stories. Let us know what you like and what else would you like to hear. Stay tuned until next week. Thank you. It was It's So Interesting, Julian Miro and our travel adventures. Have a wonderful week and safe travels.